0: Amen, good morning, good morning. Hey, where are my blessed folks in the house? Where are you guys at, amen? Hey, that's what I'm talking about. It is so good to be with you guys today. I'm Brad Livingston, the executive pastor here at TC, and we are in the Blessed series. And uh, man, we, we are just excited. And so many people have jumped in uh, to what we've been talking about in the Blessed series. We've had people come up to us and say, Pastor, I started tithing two weeks ago, and I didn't, it doesn't make sense to me but God is doing something ridiculous in my life right now. And people have been coming up saying, like, you know, like, we're, more business is coming into my company than I can even handle. Like, God is just doing something amazing. Folks, it doesn't have to make sense for us. It only has to make sense to God. And so, man, God is doing some amazing things in our life. And so we are excited for the Bless series. So some of you have been longtime tithers. You've known about the principles of God. But it's always good to have a healthy reminder. But then some of you have jumped in here recently. And we are so excited. We're excited for you. You know what I mean? Like the church, we do well financially, um, but we want your life blessed. People aren't coming to us saying, Pastor, I'm giving the church money. They're coming in saying, Pastor, I gave a little bit and God has given so much back to me. We don't even know what to do with it. So let's put our hands together for God this morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like he's so good to us. So, and we are excited. We're going to jump into part three of the blessed series. We're going to talk about generosity. Turn your neighbor and say Generosity. We're gonna take a we're going to, we're gonna read some some text today. We're gonna to preach some. Uh, this is gonna be a little bit different style. This is this is very much a Christianity uh, 201 or level two type class today, uh type of type of message, but I believe that you guys are ready for it. And how many of you guys are ready for the next level of what God wants to do in your life? Amen. So let's get into it today. We're gonna to start out Joshua 170. Go ahead and take your sermon notes I You should have got those on the way in the door. Joshua 1, 7 through 8. This has been our our verse all month. It says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. How many guys are ready to be successful wherever you go? How many guys, I I believe the Lord put it on my heart that some of you are gonna step into business adventures in 2018, uh, that you're gonna be successful where you go when you follow the blessed series and the principles that God laid out for you. How many guys are ready for that? You know what I'm talking about? Like, just to start successful wherever you go some of us just can't wait to get out of 2017 you know what I'm saying like some of us got memes in our phone that can only describe 2017 in our life you know so um, that you will be successful wherever you go keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night this is why so that you may be careful to do everything written in it say this word with me then you will be prosperous and successful and that we had talked about already in this series that we tend to treat blessing and favor from God like it's some kind of lottery. Like when we put our faith in Jesus, we bought a ticket and then we're just hoping it lands on us. But that's not the way the promise of God works. The promise of God says that if you follow, if then you will be prosperous and successful, right? And we're not talking, I'm not going promise you a yacht tomorrow, all right? Now, if you get one, but a holler at your boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all gonna go together. So, if God gives you a mansion, I appreciate a Christmas invite. You know? I'm but I'm just—we're not—we're not saying that God is here trying to give you material things as much as we're talking about a blessed life. Turn to your neighbor and say it's a blessed life. Not just a blessed pocketbook. That's not what we're talking about. See, people are already getting it messed up. People are already starting to send notes in and emails. Pastor, I just don't know about, all. no, no, no. We're not talking about a blessed pocketbook. We're not saying when you believe in Jesus, you get rich. That's not what we're talking about. God is not circumstantial. In other words, God doesn't look at you and say, oh, you tithe this month. Well, you know what? I just don't like your attitude a week ago, so I'm not going to bless you. Best. God is a principle-based God. He said, oh, you put seed in the ground, then you're going to get something back. He's, it's a principle-based scenario, and that's how God operates. He makes a promise. He fulfills his promise. So he's already made a promise that when we give, it will be given back that's how it goes all right so what we're locking into and what we're unlocking with the blessed series is merely stepping into the promise that God has already given us and that is the blessed life so we want to be successful where we go it's an if and then if you follow then you're blessed all right so we've done this each week let's try everyone say with me say if, if. say then if you, prom- if you follow through, then you get the blessing. Now, the blessing is according to what God wants to give. All right? So just because your neighbor got blessed with something and you got blessed with less doesn't mean you get bitter. That just means you give better. Okay? Oh, where are we at again? I said just because your neighbor gets blessed and you didn't get the same blessing doesn't mean you get bitter. That means you give better because the better blessing that comes after you give better will be better than the one you got. Write that down on your kid's forehead and read it every morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, man, the if and then. So let's try it again. Left side, say if. If. I said left side. Y'all helping them out. What y'all doing? Come on now. Say if. If. Right side, say then. Then. If. If. Then. Then. See, some of y'all got ahead of me. Uh Uh-huh. Those are y'all that can't clap during worship. (laughs) Like you're trying to catch a fly. It's all right. It's all right. I'm just kidding. White people. Anyway, so <laughs> hey, look, we can say that in this church. You can't say it anywhere else, but we can say it here. Y'all know what I'm talking about? True knows what I'm talking about. I see you, brother. All right, so let's get going, man. So we're going to read a little bit today uh, in, in uh, John chapter 12. It's in your notes. If you've got your Bible, feel free to get that out, maybe your, your phone or whatever you want to read. Get that out. We're going to spend some time in John 12. We're going to read some. We're going to preach some, and we're going to have some fun. How about that today? That sound good to you guys? Yeah. All right, John 12, 1 through 8 is where we're going to be here, okay? So let's read this together. Six days before the Passover feast, Jesus went to Bethany where Lazarus lived. There they had a dinner for Jesus. Martha served the food. Lazarus was one of the people eating with Jesus. Mary brought in a pint of very expensive perfume made of pure nard, right? She poured the perfume on Jesus' feet, and then she wiped his feet with her hair and the sweet smell from the perfume filled the whole house. All right? So Mary comes in. She washes Jesus' feet. Many of you have heard this story. She washes his feet with her perfume. And then she dries it with her hair. Um, and, and she was giving Jesus something. So Judas, so let's keep going. Judas Iscariot, one of Jesus' followers who would later turn against him. I want you to underline that because that's noteworthy. One of Jesus' followers who would later turn against him. Right? Right? He looks, he says, Judas said, this perfume was worth an entire year's wages. Now, listen, folks, she gave an entire year's wages worth of an offering to Jesus at one time. How many guys would like to be able to do that? You know what I'm talking about? What, and so Jesus says, why wasn't it sold and the money given to the poor? But Judas did not really care about the poor. He said this because he was a thief. Turn to your neighbor and say he was a thief. He was a thief, man. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he stole stuff. So he was a thief. He was the one who kept the money box and often stole from it. Right? Right? So Judas, he didn't care about the, he didn't, he didn't care about the offering. He said, man, you could have, you could have sold this and you could have given the money to the poor, but what would that it would have looked like? They would have sold the perfume, taken the money, they would have put it in the money box and then distribute it to the poor as they saw necessary, right? But Jesus didn't care about the poor. I mean, Judas didn't care about the poor. Jesus cared about it. Judas didn't care about the poor. He wanted the money to go in the money box. Why? Because he was stealing from the money box. He didn't care about the poor. He cared about himself right? He was a thief, kind of like some of y'all's cousins. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just don't even, don't let them in the house, because they're going to, anyways, y'all know what I'm talking about. We all got that one family member, comes over for Thanksgiving, looking at him like, you sit down on that couch, don't touch nothing. Ladies are counting their Vogue magazines. Okay, they're they're all here. Anyway, Jesus answered, leave her alone. He said, pump your brakes, bruh. Leave her alone. It was right for her to save this perfume for today. The day for me to be prepared for burial. He says, Jesus says, you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And what Jesus was saying is, hey, no, 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 no. She gave to me what she wanted to get. what She felt like it was owed to me. Like She wanted to be generous to me. And what we have to do. When we start to give, we have to understand that when we give to the Lord, we're not giving to just some common man. See, sometimes we, we forget that when we're giving to the Lord, when we're giving to Jesus, when we're, when we're giving from our heart and we're doing that, this isn't just somebody. This is the King of kings and the Lord of light. When we, when we give, we're giving to the, the great I am. We're giving to the Savior of our lives. When we give to Jesus, it's not just some common man. And Judas is saying, oh, why did you give that to him? You could have just gave it to the poor. And Jesus is saying, I'm somebody different than everyone else. How many of y'all, Jesus is somebody different than everyone else to you, amen? So he says that, so there are two hearts in this room. There are two different hearts. There's there's Judas that has a selfish heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, selfish. Oh, selfish self. He he, he was selfish, and then there was Mary who was generous. Turn to your neighbor and say, generous. generous. She was generous. She wanted to give from her heart. See what we have to understand is that Mary was giving to Jesus out of gratitude, and gratitude is what fuels generosity, and generosity helps us understand worship. Because what we're grateful for is what helps us worship. When we remember where Jesus brought us from, it changes how we worship. How many of us have come in here and, and the, the <clears throat> worship team was singing a song, and maybe it wasn't your favorite song. The worship team was singing a song, and you were just like, eh, I "Just don't," you know. Really wish they quit shining these lights in our eyes. I could worship better if if they did that. You're not worshiping from gratitude. You're worshiping from feeling. Oh, if it was like this, I could really worship. No, that's not worship. That's feeling. But when we remember the goodness of God, right? When we remember where he brought us from. I don't know about you guys, but Jesus found me in a pit, man. Like when Jesus grabbed a hold of my life, I was in some business I shouldn't have been in. I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. He decided he was going to extend grace and mercy to me where I was. And when he extended that grace and that mercy, I stepped into a light that transformed my life. And he started to do something in my heart that changed who I was. And when people looked at me, even they said, I don't know what's different about this guy, but it's different than it was a year ago. And I said, Jesus has radically transformed my life. And when we realize and we remember where Jesus brought us from, it's a whole lot easier just to lift our hands and say, I worship you today. Not just for what you've done, but just for who you are. That Jesus is transforming our heart and he's transforming our life. But we tend to get short-term memory loss when it comes to Jesus. Well, he didn't come through for me yesterday. Yeah, but he came through you every other day. And he'll come through for you on what you needed yesterday in the timing that he decides that you need it. So Jesus wants to be there. How many guys want TC? How many guys want Transformation Church to be a generous church? right? We just want to support missionaries. We want to give to people. We want to take care of people. We want to send more people to Peru next year. We want to sit We just, we want to be a generous church. How many, raise your hand again. How many of y'all want to see TC to be a generous church? You know what a generous church is? A generous church is a group of generous people. So if we're going to be a generous church, we, not y'all, we have to be generous people. Now here's the great part. This is very easy to talk about because so many of you already are. I mean, we already support uh, missionaries in Vietnam, Thailand, and Peru. Like we're sending people to, we have missionaries in Israel. We have missionaries everywhere. Why? Because you're already a generous body. But God is looking for the next level, both the next group that's coming in saying, I want to become a part of that. And then the next level where some of us are to say, you know what, I want to give more this year than I have ever before. And not just monetarily, not just financially. Maybe God is going to call some of you to serve this year. You've never been on the dream team before. But you're saying, you know what, this year I I want to change some things. I want to stop living just for me. I want to start living for somebody else. Yes. And that's what God wants because it's a blessed life that has for us. So we want to talk about three areas. We want to talk about three areas of generosity today. Uh, and so the first one is in the three areas of generosity is the enemy of generosity, which is selfishness. Selfishness. Turn to your neighbor again and say selfishness. Now, y'all gonna quit neglecting that person on the other side of you because you keep looking at the same person every time. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Selfishness, right? Selfishness is our attempt at replacing the need of God in my life. I'm gonna say that again because some of y'all are writing. Selfishness is my attempt at replacing the need of God in my life. Saying, oh, if I just do all this for myself, I don't need God to come through. So I'm gonna just work harder I'm not going to tithe. I'm just going to work harder. That never works. we got to start locking into what God says. Selfishness is our attempt at that. Selfishness is rooted fear, but fear is what fuels selfishness. We're going to have some people come up and help me out. Uh, where is Sam Jenna? Where are you guys at? Come on come on up. Come on up. Come on up. With haste, my folks. Put your hands together for Sam and Jenna. They're going to come up and help me out for just a second. These are, these are some of our crossfitters. Yeah, I know some of y'all are like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I started working out. We, we all, at one point in time, worked out at the same gym. I know that's hard to believe when you look at them and you look at me, but that's not the point. Uh, <laughs> we all worked out at the same gym at one point in time. And I, I didn't know Sam yet. I remember. And, I, um, and uh, so I used to call him Captain America. Because I just felt like Sam was like, I was like, man, I want to start lifting with Sam. Anyway, so. So here's what we're going to do, all right? How many guys has life ever just kind of wore you down before, all right? How many guys, we're we're in the right church this morning. Good, all right. So life has wore us down. They're going to do an AMRAP. What an AMRAP means is as many reps as possible in about a a two-and-a-half-minute time frame, okay? So I know they're like, two-and-a-half minutes. All right, so we got burpees, kettlebell swings, air squats, singles or doubles whichever one y'all want to do I'll leave that up to you guys okay um <clears throat> so they're going to do that all right so we're going to count down for them from five y'all ready five four th- what burpees yeah burpees kettlebell swings okay let's try it again five four three two one go all right so there I some of y'all already like nope nope never going to crossfit not having him. So I'm going to tell you a little story about burpees. I want to tell you how burpees originated, okay? I know they're moving around. Just kind of stay, listen to me as they're doing their thing. <laughs> so what happened in the book of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth, did it all in seven days. Y'all know, y'all know the whole story, right? Seven days. On the eighth day, or when, when man bit into the forbidden fruit and we sinned for the very first time, God said that you will ever be punished with burpees. That's what happened. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But what I want to talk to you about today is they're doing this. They got uh, about a minute and 45 more seconds. And uh, so what... How many of you guys have ever been going through life and you felt like you were going through like just every day? You were just taxed, right? Like you wake up in the morning, you hit the snooze button maybe three more times than you should have, right? So then you, you, get, you roll out of bed, you get straight in the shower, but you're running late. You usually would eat a healthy breakfast, but now we're running late. So we got to grab a McGriddle from McDonald's, right? So we're going in, we come into work on two wheels. The boss walks in, puts 36 papers on your desk and says, hey, I need this in an hour. So then you start working on that. And then as soon as you do that, you miss your lunch because you were working so hard and then something else pops up right before you leave you come home everyone's upset and and you go through multiple days and how many guys have ever felt like in life you were going through as many reps as possible like you were just wore out where we're okay six of us y'all looking at them I know it is how many of y'all how many of y'all have ever gone through life and you felt like you were doing just as many reps as you were wore out where am I like oh that is just so me right let me help you out. all right we got about 25 more seconds so when it happens, we go through life and we get exhausted, man. I know for me, there's been moments in my life where I was so, like, I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. I was doing as many reps as possible. All right, we got about 10 more seconds. Give me just burpees for the last 10 seconds. <laughs> Eight, seven, six, five, okay, no, just kidding. All right, all right, that's good, that's good, that's good. All right, let me, let, right, go. give me a hand. I mean, let me ask you guys a question real quick. Are, are you a little thirsty right now? You could use something to drink? All right, so I, I got something for you guys. Outside a pastor's house is a retention pond. You, are you thirsty? No, you're not that thirsty, right? <laughs> no, not that thirsty. But then we've got some, how many guys would like some spring water, right? Like some fresh, clean water. That, that would sound a lot better, wouldn't it? Like how many guys, how many, how many guys want some of this? Hmm, right? It's got got some fungus in the bottom. I don't know. I think there might be something swimming in there. Anyway, so um, we got clean water. All right. Thank you guys. That is it. We're going to explain it from here. We're good. <laughs> Give them a hand. Give them a hand, right? <laughs> you, you can take it. You can take it. She said, oh, oh okay. So here's, here's what I want to explain to you guys. There's a reason I have them come up. What happens is, oh, you're giving it back. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what happens, guys. Because we're talking about, because giving is worship. Turn to your neighbor and say, giving is worship. When we give, we're, we're worshiping when we give. And when we're generous, that's a, that's a time of worship. And what happens is in life, we go through moments where we're just spent. We're going through as many reps as possible. We're exhausted. It's one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. Tell, I have a special needs son at home. And it's like when we get home, we don't get to rest. That's just when things start over. And for some of you, maybe you don't have a special needs son at home, but life just gets at you sometimes. you know what I'm talking about? As many reps as possible. Here's what happens with our worship. When we hold worship in, it becomes contaminated. Because what happens is if we don't give worship to who it belongs to and we hold it in, that means we're keeping worship for ourselves, which means we are worshiping ourselves, And then our worship becomes contaminated. And here's what happens is whenever you go through as many reps as possible, if you're contaminating your worship by not giving, then when it comes time you've gone through as many reps as possible, this is all you have to drink from. Because this is what your worship looks like. But how many guys have ever seen how many guys, have ever seen a brook or a stream of water that's constantly flowing and it's clean and it's clear? It looks like this right here. Why? Because what happens is it's constantly going out. There's, there's water constantly going out and there's water constantly coming in. And what happens when we become generous is we get into a lifestyle where we're constantly distributing what we have, which means God is constantly supplying what we need. And we get into this cycle where we're giving more and God is giving more and we're giving more. And God is giving, which means our worship stays pure. Come on, somebody. Like our worship stays clean all the time, which means that whenever we go through something, when we get in moments of life where we're going through as many reps as possible and we're tired, it's okay because I got something clean to drink from. It's not contaminated. I can just keep going with what I like, listen. Yeah, things may not be what I want them to be right now, but I already know that I got some clean worship that I can pull from. I can go to God and give Him something. I haven't I haven't made myself put myself in a position where I have to rely on contaminated worship. I know that I got something clean waiting on me because I live a generous life where I constantly give. But because I constantly give, the Lord constantly provides. But many of us have been upset at God because we feel like we can't feel God in our time of need. Where where are we at? How many of y'all ever laid in bed said, God, I just can't find you. But we weren't generous up until that point. What happened is your life had been contaminated By keeping your worship for yourself. Can we say ourself? We kept our worship for us, which meant we were worshiping ourselves. Because we were worshiping ourselves, it became contaminated. And when we found ourselves in need of Jesus to step in and re-energize us, we had nothing left but dirty pond water. But how many guys want to drink from a spring that never runs dry? Where you at? Come on, somebody! Right? Put your hands together for God. Ain't any good. Like we do that. I remember we we went uh, myself. Ashley and I, we went to, to Disneyland in California. Man, we went to Disneyland, it was awesome. And every, when you stay at the resorts that Disney provides when you go to Disneyland, when you, every time you come home from being at the parks or wherever you're at, they've done all this crazy, like they folded the towels into like like a lion or something. And like They got like super sweet, like they, got, they put a cookie on every bed and they got chocolates around the room and, and it was just awesome. It was, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was, it was totally bougie, ridiculous, but it was awesome. Like, and so I, I remember watching Ashley, she lit up. She just loves that kind of stuff. I look at her, I'm like, oh, look, they made a line out of a towel. Ain't that something? You know, but my wife loves that kind of stuff. And so she, she saw that, and, uh, and, but I saw how much she loved it. And so, I, you know, it, it wasn't, I was just kind of like, oh, that's real sweet. Now, the cookie, that was mine. She said, look what they did, this towel. I said, oh, look at that towel. She said, they brought us cookies. I said, what, hold up, what'd they do? But... So, man, I I saw what it meant to her, and so uh, how many guys know we 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 were in Los Angeles? It was awesome, you know what I mean? Like it was we surround. We were in Disneyland, and there's so much free stuff. They're just doing, and then we came back to (laughs) Pensacola, and them dirty socks that were on the bed when you left still there. You know what I'm talking about? Like it ain't the same. But I remembered what VIP treatment meant to my wife, so I said, you know what? This isn't going to stop just because we left L.A. And so I I would start, every once in a while, I'll show up to her job with some chocolate-covered strawberries. Or or one of you know, some chocolate, I just show up. She doesn't even know I'm coming. I just say, I just pop up, and she gives me that look, like, oh, so, And and so she comes in, and and, and she'll come out of her job, and just like, oh, man, I brought you some chocolate-covered strawberries, chocolate-covered bananas. And she just loves, she just gets all, oh. You know, she gets all consumed. It was a good night at the Livingston house after that. But anyway, that's not the point. So, But, we, but I, I did that. But here's what I want you to understand. I love that woman. Like that's my gift from God right there. And when I look at her, I say, there's nothing that I wouldn't give her that I can give her. I promised her something when we got married. That if there's anything that you want, I'll try my best to give it to you. Because you, you mean that much to me. And I've tried to live up to that in our marriage. And so I, I come to her and I, and I do all those things. And husbands, take notes. I see some of your wives like, hey, 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 you hear me talking yeah. But here's the deal. The chocolates didn't mean anything. That chocolate covered fruit didn't mean that much to her. It's just fruit dipped in chocolate. We make that at home. Right? The folded towel didn't mean that much to her. It was that she felt like someone valued her. That's what meant something to her. It was that someone was saying, I'm going to take a break from me for a minute. I'm going to focus on you right now. And that's what Jesus, that's what happened when Mary brought her perfume to Jesus. She was saying, yeah, this is a year's worth of salary. Yeah, I could keep this for myself, but I don't want to focus on me right now. I want to focus on you right now. And she she washes his feet with her perfume, Why? Because she was choosing to live a generous life. Here's the thing that I want you to understand about Judas. Judas had an opportunity in that moment to make a decision. Judas had an opportunity in that moment because Judas' heart was already poisoned. But Judas in that moment was going to be the one that betrayed Jesus. Had Judas had a heart change in front of Mary he would not have betrayed Jesus in the garden. And how many of us is Jesus putting opportunities in front of us when we're at the feet of Jesus to have a heart change because he's trying to save us from something tomorrow? And so Jesus is talking, like the Lord's talking to some of y'all in this room right now. He said, I can't afford to do this. I can't do that. I'm living for me right now. It's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I need. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a saying, I'm giving you a moment right now because tomorrow that's going to cost you something. That job that you're going to take is going to cost you your marriage if you don't make a better decision today. You better, you better pick how you want to live today because that decision that you're talking about making is going to cost you your family. It's going to cost you your children. It's going to cost you your marriage. It's going to cost you everything. Make a different decision today because tomorrow it's going to cost you something. And Judas didn't make a different decision that day and it cost him something. Why? Because the enemy of generosity is selfishness. Number two, the extravagance of generosity though is abundance. The extravagance of generosity is abundance. David in the Bible gave one offering one time that was $21 billion worth of offering. That's with a B, bruh. $21 billion offering he gave it one time. Why? Because he was saying, it ain't about me right now. I wanna give something to you. He gave it to the Lord. Amazing. What I want you to understand is that there's three levels of giving in the Bible. There's three levels of giving in the Bible. The first one is what we talked about last week and that's tithing. So the the three different levels of giving, it's in your notes. The first one is tithing. Let me tell you something, tithing breaks the backbone of poverty because tithing says I'm gonna give even though I don't know where it's gonna come from yet. We've had people in this room already come up to us and say, well, I, I, we, we tithe and we didn't even have the money to tithe, but we tithe and the next day God gave it back to us. Like it did, it doesn't make, and I told him, I said, it doesn't make sense. Like when you look at it on paper, it's like, so if I give this, I got $120 left. I got to pay this bill that's $120. But if I give this $120, I'm going to have $120? Yes. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It doesn't make sense, but because God said it, it's true. Here's the thing about faith. Either all of God's word is true or none of it's true. So follow all of it and let him prove himself to you. Tithing, number two is offering. There's the offering. So we tithe as we give the 10, we give that first 10th. And some of of us may work towards that. Maybe like, man, I'm gonna test this with like 5% real quick. God will prove himself, I promise. And you work your way up to 10, then we give our offering. I'm gonna give my, I wanna give something above my tithe. And then number three is extra, extravagant giving. We give extravagantly. And some of us have to understand that it, for, for some of this, man, some of us need to start giving, using giving as a weapon in our spiritual life. Man, I remember uh, just, just this past week, I called, called Ashley and I said, hey baby, yes. No, I'm just kidding. We don't talk about that on the phone. And uh, I said, hey, I said, how much money is our savings account? She said, no. <laughs> That's how that conversation went. I said, no, for uh, how much money is the savings account? She said, no. The answer is no. <laughs> she knows I probably wanted a gun or something. So I said, no. I said, uh, I said, here's the deal. I said, the Lord told me today that we need to give an offering to the Lord. And so um, we're going to pull from our savings account. What happened? If you're new, maybe you don't know, my son is sick. He's got a, a brain disease and she's used up all her FMLA. Um, and so we're, we're, we're fighting the spiritual fight against oppression and depression and, and all the things that come along with, with the, the battle that we're in. And we're not the only one. Many of you are going through sub- similar things. So, so you guys understand, but, but life will bring things where life gets rough sometimes. And, and so that cloud of darkness can start to fall in on you sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, man, mean, that starts to get heavy. So we got that going on. And then we, she's used up all of her FMLA. And so um, she, we don't have any more paid vacation days for her that she can take. Off, when we got to go to the hospital, when we got to go to the doctors, so there's a financial need that's there, uh, and there's so many areas that we're looking to God, saying, "God, we need you to come through on something." But what we know, we're living what we're preaching. Come on, somebody, I said, we're living what we're preaching. I said, so if we need to live the blessed life, then we're gonna give our way into the blessed life. So I said, baby, we're gonna take up, a, we're gonna take an offering out of our savings account. It ain't much, but it's what we have. So we're gonna bring it to the Lord. We're gonna say, God, we're giving you this not because we're always in need. We're believing this because we're going to be in need. And so what we're going to do is we're not going to allow ourselves to get to a poverty mindset. We're going to give our way into the blessed life right now. And so some of us need to understand that we need to start using our giving as a weapon against the spiritual strongholds that are out to destroy us. Because how many of you guys know you can have the best intentions in the world. You can love your spouse all you want. You can love your children. But when financial worry starts to set into your home, the whole thing changes. God says it's time that we break the backbone of poverty and oppression in some of these houses I want to encourage you today I will never be the pastor that tells you a dollar amount on what you should give that's none of my business, that's not what I'm called to do I'm called to lead you closer to the Father but I encourage some of you some of you are going man we really need God to come through, I want you to give your way into the blessed life through generosity Saying, man, I need God to do this. Give your way into that. Maybe some of you are needing God to do something different in your life. And you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm giving all that I can right now. And some, of, I, I believe some of you are going to serve your way into the blessed life. Some of you have never been on the dream team yet, but you're gonna step onto the dream team now. You're gonna say, you know what? I need God to do this. I'm already tithing. I'm already giving an offering. Well, you need to step on your girl track right after this service. We'll show you how to get there. Or well, you need to start stepping on me. I, mean, I, I want to start serving. I want more joy in my life, so I want to start giving away joy on the dream team. I want to start to do those things. Why? Because we believe that the Lord is going to open up some opportunity. We always give. Me and my wife always give. And we just, we've had, let me t- I just want to like help you understand. Because sometimes it comes back, we've had we've had, we've had and $5,000 checks just show up in our mailbox out of nowhere. Right, right, right when my wife calls me and says, don't spend any more money. We ain't got nothing to spend. All right, we've been hit the ramen diet for a while. And about that time, a check for $2,000, $5,000. Some people that don't even go to this church show up in our mailbox. Why? Because God keeps coming through. We've had people call us on the phone. Hey, we've got this resort We've got, we've got a cabin in North Carolina. This ain't no cabin. This is a mansion made out of logs, all right? Like, I've seen a picture of it. I was like, that is not a cabin. I've been to a cabin before where you step on the wood floor and your foot falls through. That's a cabin. This thing is huge. said we got a wood cap, uh, cabin in North Carolina. It's yours whenever you want it. You go stay for a week. You don't pay us anything. It's already got food in it. If you ever just need a time to get away from what's good, what you're going through, I want you to go stay at my cabin in North Carolina. Where people call us and say, hey, we've got uh, a house on a river in the mountains in Colorado. If you ever want a week away, it's yours. We're going to pay for it. You guys just go. When we've had people come through and say, we got this beach house. If you guys ever want to go to this beach house, we want you just to go. It's already got food in it. You don't have to pay anything. Just go. Let me tell you what, folks, that is the blessing of God continuing to flow in and through our lives because we give our way out of the spirit that tries to hold us down. And man, the extravagant giving that can come when we become generous. God looks for a way to give back to us. How many guys are listening to me today? That God wants us to be a generous people. Number three is that then there is the reward of giving, and that's our legacy. Mark 14:8 and 9 says this: she did what she could. Say this with me. She did what she could. She anointed my body beforehand for the burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. How many of you want to become so faithful to the Lord that when people talk about the gospel, your name is involved in the process? Like I, want people to, I want people to walk into to coffee shops and say, man, God is so good. Let me tell you about what he did for Brad. Like, let me just tell you about, like, like, man, how amazing would that be that our legacy gets tied to the gospel because we become so generous in what God wants to do in and through our lives. Because why? Because Hebrews 11, 6 says that God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. He's looking for a way to bless you. He's looking for a way to take care of you. Without faith, it is it impossible to please God because you've got to believe that he is a rewarder. How many guys know that when when daddy's sitting on the couch, how many guys got kids in the house? Got kids? How many got nieces and nephews maybe? How many, how many got grandchildren? Man, we, you guys just spoiling people for no reason. Hype them up on chocolate and send them home. You know what but how many of you guys know that uh, when your kid comes to you, the way I see it is there's a, there's a daddy sitting on the couch, and his little girl walks in the room and she's drawing a picture, her with her little yellow, yellow hair, her blonde hair, and his big old head with this little body, and that's got a little thing that says, "Daddy in her scribble and writing." And she looks up at him and says, "Daddy, I love you. I wanted to give this to you." How many of you guys know? that he just starts giving it all away. Here's $20, you can have the keys to the house, you can have a car, like you, can just, you can have it all. You know what I mean? Why? Because she melted his heart. She owns him now, wrapped around, got him wrapped around her little finger. Let me tell you something, folks. When Mary got down at the feet of Jesus, she said, I want to give this to you. And God's heart was moved. And we can be like Judas with our selfish hearts or we can be like Mary and say, I'm going to give it all away. And so I'm, not, I'm not the person that's sitting here telling you, you just need to go bankrupt to give it. Use wisdom, hear the voice of God, take care of your family. I'm not telling you not to do, do all of those things. But let how many of us will say, man, I want to start living a generous lifestyle when I leave here today. Where are we at? We want to live a generous life. Like we want to have that blessed life. There's a couple ways I want to encourage you. In the lobbies, man, there's some something extra cards. We call them the something extra cards. There's something extra to show you that God loves you. Grab some of those, amen, and, and, and pay for someone's meal when you see them. Maybe you're in the drive-through, pay for the car behind you. Well, see, make sure they're not buying lunch for the whole office first. But, if, the, if it, you know, pay for the lunch behind them. Say, hey, give them this card. Find ways to live a generous life, but let's give to God what's due God. Because here's what I want you to understand. I'm closing. We went long today, I'm sorry. But I just want you to understand this. The reason Mary didn't mind giving God what she gave him was because the seat next to Jesus wasn't empty. I want you guys to grab a hold of this. This is important. Because just prior to that, her brother Lazarus was dead. And in her prayer and in Jesus' desire, he brought Lazarus to life from out of the, out of the grave. And when they sat down to eat, Mary brought an offering, not because it meant something to her, but because she was so grateful for life. Because her brother was sitting next to Jesus. Her brother was dead. And he had brought him back to life. And how many of us, once upon a time, we were dead in our sin. We were dead in our shame. We were dead in our struggles. We were dead where we were. But when God stepped in, come on folks, can we, can we come alive for just the last 30 seconds here? When God stepped into your life, things started to change, right? When you, you went from depressed to joy, right? You went from chaos to peace. You went from destroyed to blessed. When God stepped in, something shifted in your heart and you became a new creation. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, old is passed away. All has become new. We're a new creation. And when God stepped in, something changed. And when Mary looked up, she saw Jesus. But when Mary looked up, she saw Lazarus and said, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus, but I want to worship you for a second for who you are. I want to worship you for what you've done. I'm going to give you my everything. And God is looking for someone to say, listen, I don't know how all of this works, but God, I just want to give you my everything. That's the generous life. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you, God, for who you are. I just pray over every person that's in this room right now, God. Lord, that that many are in here and they're they're still figuring this thing out. The blessed series is, they're navigating it week by week as we continue to teach that it's not about our pocketbook, it's about a life that God wants for us, about a life that you want for us. And so, God, we surrender to you today. We thank you. We love you today. God, that as we live a generous life, you give back to us, God, in a measure that we'll never go without. God, we may have times where we're wondering, but you step in right at the nick of time and you're always good. We love you today. Maybe you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I don't don't know Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity right now because here's the beauty. We talk about giving because someone gave it all. We, we can have these conversations about how God wants you to give some because Jesus gave everything. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. And that because of my sin, because of your sin, our sin separated us from God. We could no longer be associated with God because sin was in our life. But God wanted so badly for us to know him that he sent Jesus to a cross so that when Jesus died, he would pay the price for my sins and for your sins. And today, Jesus is calling and saying, I want you to know me. And here's the beauty, you don't have to do anything to earn this grace. It's a free gift. Bible says that we should repent of our sins, which means to turn away from, and we should put our faith in Jesus Christ, which means that we put our faith, in that when he died on the cross, he died for us. And if that's you today, you say, Pastor, I'm here, and and I I, want to live this blessed life, but but before I can get into the favor of God, I need to get into the family of God. And I want to put my faith in Jesus today. I want to be saved. I want to know that when I die, heaven is my destination, but I want to live a life that's going after Jesus. And if that's you today, you're saying, "Pastor Brad, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to surrender everything to him. I want to be saved." I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God. But what I want to do is acknowledge that you are surrendering your life today. So if that's you today, you say, "I want to be saved, Pastor. I want to put my faith in Jesus." Would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are already going up. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Again, I'm not coming to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to be saved today, pastor. Maybe you're watching us on live stream. You're saying, pastor, I I want to give my life to Jesus. Here's what we want to do. We wanna to pray together. And if you raise your hand, you're acknowledging that you are putting your faith in Jesus, that he paid, for your, paid the price for your sins when he died on the cross. And that's all it takes to be saved. But let's confess with our mouth that we're putting our faith in Jesus today. So we want you to pray this prayer after me and the whole church is gonna do it with you so that you're not by yourself. So let's pray this with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, oh, we can do better than that. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose three days later. And through your death, through your resurrection, you've provided eternal life. I believe in you. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, push your hands together for all those that prayed that. May we celebrate with you.